pasta or pizza? Oh, goodness. This is a hard one. If I had to choose, though, I will go for the pizza. Um, as painful as that is a decision to make, pizza. Welcome to Hold On, a podcast for people we love, and that's probably you. My name's Chad Poe. And I'm Lydia McMillan, and we're so glad you're here. So, Chad, what's the word of the day? It's the word of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's the word of the day. Oh, yeah. Word of the day. Yeah. The word of the day is form, as in shape, configure, to organize, construct, carve, build, manufacture, fabricate, or assemble. Y'all are so generous with your ratings and reviews week after week. And let me tell you, they do not go unnoticed. Thank you guys so much. Our shout out this week goes to Esk Kicklack. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. They say, fantastic podcast. And Chad, you will be so proud they give us five stars. They go on to say, I love the Hold On podcast. It's so good that even though I listened to it in a different app, I had to come over to Apple Podcasts to show it some love. That is generous. Thank you so much, SK and friends. Please, even if you listen on another app, come on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Overcast, Spotify, there are so many options out there for you. But when you go, regardless of the app, I want you to give us a five-star review. Anything less is is ill-formed. Chad. This week, we had a fantastic interview. Lydia, have you ever been to New York City? (laughs) Uh, Actually, yes, I have. I went in 2004 with my high school class, my high school senior graduating class. When I was a junior in high school, I went on this tour of the northeastern part of the United States with my high school, and we got to visit Boston in D.C. and numerous other places, and New York was a major stop. We went to see a play on Broadway. You know a little bit about that with your oh, background. What, what would what did you see? We went to see Tommy. Oh, okay. Sure plays a mean pinball. <laughs> oh, what else did, did you, you do? do? We visited the Statue of Liberty. Did you do that? Yep. We, I ate pizza off of the street, like not literally off of the street, but I ate Gross. pizza from a vendor on the street. I saw people performing, you mm. know, but you and you went at a different time than me because I went in uh, 1994 and your and you mm. went in 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Lots of changes between then and there. Do you know what we had in 2004 that we did not have in 1994? There's numerous things, but I've got one thing in mind. What's that? The internet. Oh, (laughs) that's true. You've got mail. We had to talk to each other. Mm. Interactive humans, no screen. Unbelievable. How was it to to chisel a letter out in in a rock and send that to a friend in the stone ages of... Hateful, number one. Look... You're not 2004. You you know good and well your own T9 word. So don't act like. I was fantastic at T9. And if we could bring it back, I could show my stuff. 
Just saying. Well, this week we interview someone who isn't really a visitor to New York. They are a, he rather, is a resident of New York. And I cannot wait for you to hear from him. He is doing life in New York. I refuse to accept that from you, but I'd look forward to you hearing this interview from our new friend, Rich Philotus. Hey guys, uh, we are here today with Rich Velotis, and rather than me introduce him, I'm going to let us tell us, I'm going to let him tell us about himself, Pastor Rich, but in your introduction, you've got to use the following word, collywobbles. The meaning of the word is a weird feeling in your stomach or an overall bellyache. Uh, it's great to be here with you guys, uh, Chad and uh, Lydia. And whenever I start a podcast with people that I've never met before, I do get the collie wobbles. Uh, and so from time to time, I'm thinking, what are what am I going to get into? Who are these people? I've never met them. So I get this weird sensation in my stomach. But you guys have made me feel at home already. So I'm, the collie wobbles don't have an impact on me. So I'm all right. <laughs> I love it. Tell us about your job, your family, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I'm married to my wife, Rosie. We've been married for 15 years. We have two beautiful kids, a 12-year-old daughter, Karis, and a soon-to-be seven-year-old son, Nathan. And uh, I'm a native New Yorker from the Brooklyn area, 42 years old. So I've, I've lived in Brooklyn 42 year, uh, 34 years and the past eight years in Queens. Uh, and I happen to have the great privilege of pastoring a church in Elmhurst, Queens, which is uh, located in one of the most diverse zip codes in the world, where we have uh, 75 nations represented in our congregation and 123 languages spoken in the neighborhood. So it is quite a beautiful, confusing kingdom of God um, disorienting kind of place to be but uh that's yeah that's a little bit of what i'm doing uh for the past well i've been here for 13 years and been the lead pastor for the past eight years so uh that's what i'm up to these years how would you say you're doing pandemically like in the city of new york where you are how are you guys doing at this point yeah um the city as a whole feels uh, in many respects, like pre-pandemic uh, levels and in terms of just what's happening, uh, you know, the positivity rate uh, I saw yesterday in the five boroughs of New York was something like 0 0.5, uh, which uh, last year at this time, I mean, we were the epicenter, the global epicenter of the pandemic where we would hear nonstop, where I live in Queens, we would hear nonstop sirens throughout the course of a day, transporting people to the local hospital, um, which was quite unnerving uh, and um, yeah, eerie throughout the course of every day. But today, I mean, uh, you know, people are eating in restaurants, people are watching games and arenas, uh, people are more, lots of people are still wearing masks, which is kind of just, I think, part of the trauma of New York, of what we've mm -hmm. experienced. So there's a lot of that there. But in many ways, it feels like we are nearing the end to some degree of what we've experienced over the past, you know, 15 plus months. But 
a whole lot better than where we were at this point last year. That's I'm so awesome. glad to hear that because I, I'm, I'm here in Nashville and things are starting to open back up and um, definitely seeing people out and about. Um, what are some of those places you mentioned restaurants are starting to open. What are some of those places to eat that you and your family enjoy going to there in New York? Oh yeah. Um, there's, there's a few places that come to mind. Uh, and I'm just in New York, uh, it's, it's pretty local. So most New Yorkers, especially who are native to New, unless you work in Manhattan, we don't go too far from our neighborhood. So, and we have, you know, the world before us in this amazing city, but we kind of go one or two miles in each direction and we just hang out here. So in Queens, which is the most diverse zip code, and to give you the scope of Queens, 2.2 million people, 50% of Queens are, uh, residents of Queens are foreign born. So the level of ethnic diversity and food is remarkable. And so a few places that we frequent, there's a, uh, the place where you get, we get amazing Korean fried chicken. The best fried chicken you'll ever find is Korean fried chicken, a place called Mad for Chicken. Uh, amazing. There is a number of pizza shops that, come on, we're New York, so you're going to get pizza all over the place. Uh, one place called Nick's Pizza, which is uh, phenomenal. Then there are numbers of just wonderful Japanese ramen places to eat from, uh, Peruvian uh uh, restaurants just two blocks from where I live here, uh, Argentinian steakhouses. I mean, we have it all here in Queens, but those are a few of the places that we frequent. And of course, the local Chinese takeout. Uh, but uh, those are a few uh, places that we frequent around here. Now, we know that you're a um, tattoo fan. Is that correct? A tattoo? Well, I, I've been a big tattoo fan. Uh, okay. And uh, I, I got my first tattoo when I was 30 on my wrist, and that was a very painful ordeal. And my brother, who has uh, more tattoos than I can count, uh, has told me, I think you should get another one. And I thought, yeah, one day I'll get another one. And, you know, 10 years later, he was still saying, when are you going to get the next one? I was like, ah, soon when I turned 40. And then I turned 42. And he said, you know, come on. So I've been, I've been wanting to get a, a half sleeve tattoo, uh, uh, for a while since I was a teenager, maybe. And, uh, two weeks ago, finally made the leap and, and got my half sleeve tattoo. Uh, I have two more sessions to go, but, oh yeah, I got, I got my tattoo. It's all, and I'll, I'll show it to you here. I mean, this is, this is phase one here, but, uh, you're, you're here is probably can't, we'll see this here, but this is where we're at right here. Nice. Uh, so this is a picture of the Trinity there. That's kind of like the Christian image of the Trinity and uh, some Puerto Rican flowers and some other designs here. So um, I'm not ready to show my entire church yet, uh, uh, but because uh, well, I'll probably get some, well, pastors backsliding now and all that, but, uh, but my, well, parents- let's say we know you're also a super nerd culture guy. So let's say that a nerd culture tattoo artist took you captive and forced you to get tattoos from the following properties. What would you get? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, You know, I'd probably get a a mashup of Thor's hammer uh, somewhere. Uh, I'd probably um, I'd probably get a picture of some Infinity Stones uh, you know, multiple colored infinity stones. That would be kind of cool. Uh, maybe, um, 
you, you know, the that centerpiece of Tony Stark's of Iron Man that, you know, right in his chest there. The reactor. The reactor. That would yeah. be, be kind of cool, too, to have uh, someplace there. But those are the three that come to mind. That's uh, that kind of that, that gives me a good idea for my second arm now. <laughs> I love it. We're going to get that whole arm covered. Carry on, Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And the next one is Narnia. What would you get from the world of Narnia? Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. I mean, I'm a a fan of Narnia. Um, Not a huge fan of Narnia, but uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with, I I mean, just kind of Aslan's just main, you know, Mm -hmm. just all over. Uh, So uh, you can't go wrong with the fierce looking lion. Uh, uh, and, and maybe some of those um, Turkish delights as well. So mm. I mean, that's, <laughs> but. the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Oh man. Uh, well, you know, it's funny you say that because um, it, when, uh, you know, the, the Deathly Hallows uh, books and movies with, you know, the, um, y- you know, the, what, what's the image? It looks like the image I have on my arm actually with the, uh, resurrection stone with the elder wand mm-hmm. and with the invisibility mm-hmm. cloak. So, I mean, having that image will definitely work. I mean, I was thinking about getting that image instead of the Trinity, but I, I chose to uh, be more uh, spiritual than that. Uh, so that there, certainly a wand would be kind of cool. Uh, I mean, you guys, I, I'm going to have a full body tattoo by the end of this conversation, <laughs> here, but, uh, but I'd say that. Have you ever, have you ever, con- do you know what your Patronus is? Do you have an idea? My Patronus is probably a bulldog. Uh, that's probably <laughs> that's probably what it is. Only because uh, I I love bulldogs and um, surprisingly there was my when I was first thinking about getting a tattoo as a teenager, I had an image of a bull a massive bulldog in fatigues with this massive machine gun. This was the image I had in mind all over my arm. I thought you know I don't think that's going to work out, uh, but the bulldog image came back, I would say 10 years ago, as I was about to take over for my, uh, you know, leadership at our church. And we had it, we brought in a guy who really had a really strong kind of prophetic gift. Uh, you know, we have this, you know, there's some charismatic influences at our church and we brought him in and he looked at me and said, Hey, Rich, the image I got of you is God's called you to be a bulldog and offer strong leadership. And he started talking along those lines and it just brought me back to the image of a bulldog as an 18 year old. So my mm. Patronus is probably a bulldog, I would say. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, what about uh, Pixar slash Disney slash Nickelodeon and that kind of genre, what would you get? So much, and th- this is right in my wheelhouse because my, my wife is a travel agent with Disney um, so we, we make it to Disney a, a whole lot. Um, you know, she says it's for work. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, we make it out there. So, uh, you know, in terms of Disney, um, oh, I, I mean, gosh, let's see here. There's so many to choose from. I'm just, I'm, I'm racking my brain through Disneyland here in Disney world. Um, mm, I, I mean, Gosh, I'm thinking about the fight. Now I'm thinking about the fireworks at Disney and what they project on the mm. cast. Um, let me come back to that one. Let me think about it because I, I, I'm not thinking good on my feet with this one here as I, as I should. I mean, this should be an easy one, but uh, <laughs> I'll come back to it though, for sure. How old are your kids? 
12 and soon to be seven next week. Okay. We, we have a six-year-old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old and we are, and I don't know if you've heard of the TV show Bluey. It's like on Disney. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. We love it over here. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes. It, yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Like, and I will sometimes turn it on. This is confession. I sometimes turn it on and watch it by myself because <laughs> I turn around. I'm like, this is a great show. I love it. <laughs> what are some shows that your kids watch that maybe aren't that terrible? And you're like, oh, I don't mind watching this. I'll watch this. Uh, my son loves and had, for a while he's loved the Lion Guard. And I just love, I find myself singing these songs. It's the weirdest thing. I hear it in the, the, you know, the house and he's playing it and blasting it and dancing and singing along. Um, so uh, Lion Guard is probably a good one. I, you know, a couple of years ago, he had a whole Doc McStuffins phase, which was pretty mm. cool. Um, uh, those are the two right. And right now, I mean, he's fixated on everything Mario Brothers and, uh, you know, games now. So that's, that's yes. where his mind is at these days. But <laughs> I think the Lion Guard. I watched that with my youngest son. It's a nostalgia piece for me because I'm I'm watching. I'm your age, and I'm watching, thinking about when I went to the Lion King in theaters when I was a child. So yeah. it's it's yeah. great. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, let me ask you this, Pastor Rich. I, I, where I really locked in with your Twitter was during Wandavision. Wanda's hex was based on sitcoms. What would your hex be based upon? Oh my, um, my hex—it would have to be sports oriented. Like I would probably find myself on a baseball field, you know, just talk. It, it would have to be um, sports oriented. However, part of um, on Twitter during Wandavision, if memory serves me correctly there were there was like this trending uh topic of what would your if if you're if you had to choose sitcoms if you were wanda you know what would you choose and you know i was thinking like the fresh prince and thinking like uh different strokes and also though i would have a different series of sitcoms right you know other than what wanda had but it'd probably be along those lines there but totally something oriented around sports that's for sure are you caught up on Loki right now? Very much so. Uh, I, again, I'm a Marvel fanatic, so um, I and I'm and every every episode that's come out for Loki, where you know third episode came out just yesterday, I have been offering um, preaching perspectives on Loki. So um, every every episode, I'm offering three preaching points. So I actually just posted my three preaching points about an hour ago for Loki episode three. So I'm all caught up. That episode yesterday was thorough. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, they're developing characters really well. And uh, backstories, it's fantastic. So we have a little game of this or that we want to play. Um, for the most part, it's New York edition. Because, you know, where you are, that's home for you. Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump into a couple of this or that's with you. And we'd love to have some answers. Knicks or Nets? Uh, Knicks without question. Now, can I give any com content here, context or just? Uh, for sure. I knew the answer, by the way, but okay. I want to hear all of your context. Now, here's the thing. The Nets are originally, you know, from New Jersey. 
I would say 10% of basketball fans in New York actually root for the Nets, which means probably there are about hundreds of people who were weeping uh, when they lost uh, a few, you know, a couple of days ago. So uh, I don't regard the Nets, and I'm from Brooklyn, so I don't regard them as a Brooklyn team. So, I, you know, um, but Knicks through and through. How'd that season feel for you? I mean, this was a good run for the well, Knicks. Oh, it was surreal. I'm used to pain. I'm used to suffering. I'm used to losing. So to see them winning, I had to pinch myself a number of times. But what I also remembered was the level of, you know, the problem is with me in sports, whether it's the Mets, the Knicks, or the football Jets, I get so emotionally enmeshed with these teams that when they don't perform as they inevitably do, uh, I'm heartbroken. So uh, while it was a great season, when they when the Knicks lost the first playoff, not not when they were eliminated, when they lost the first playoff game, I was so distraught. And if you look at my prayer journal the next morning, the first words that came out of my prayer journal were, Lord, the Knicks lost last night. I mean, that's how sorry of a fan I am. I, I mean, I, I get so emotionally entangled in these things here, but uh, very proud of, the, of how well they performed. Trey Young is – so I'm a Mavericks fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Luka fan, yep. and I have this grand fear he'll be in Madison Square Garden when this contract comes to its conclusion. <laughs> so uh, – but, yeah, I, I, Trey Young was something else in that series, and last night, actually. He's uh, remarkable. I mean, he's uh, no one can figure him out. He's fantastic. Mets or Yankees? Uh, Mets through and through. I'm a Brooklyn Queens guy. And sports is often so geographically informed in New York where Yankees are in the Bronx. So I, I'd say probably 95% of uh, Bronx residents are Yankee fans. I'd probably say 70% of Queens residents are are uh, Mets fans, uh, probably 50% of Brooklyn residents are Mets fans. So I'm from Brooklyn, Queens area, Mets through and through. You already said Jets. You're a Jets fan over the Giants. Huge Jets fan. And I mean, it just so happened that my father had me root for these teams uh, and they've never really won. The Mets won in 1986, but that doesn't count. I was seven years old. Uh, but yes, those are, those are my teams. I know I am familiar with suffering. Pasta or pizza? Oh, goodness. This is a hard one. If I had to choose, though, I will go for the pizza. Um, as painful as that is a decision to make, pizza. All right. Times Square or Central Park? Ooh, um, I, I'm going to say Central Park only because I do have there's this contemplative thing to me about silence and solitude and beauty. So um, Central Park will uh, help me step into that a little bit more. Times Square, although I love bumping into people and love the energy of New York City, um, I probably can get, um, that can get old pretty quickly. Have you ever been to the ball drop, the New Year's Eve ball drop? Never, and I never will. Uh, it's It's, I have zero, it's almost like the Thanksgiving Day Parade as well. I've never been to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It, that's usually on 34th Street um, because it's usually freezing and I have zero de desire to stand there. But with the ball drop, same thing. Never been there and I doubt I'll ever do it. 
feel like it's a Friends. calling. <laughs> yes. Calling to go and stand that length of time. <laughs> Friends or Seinfeld? Um, it's funny. Uh, I would say Seinfeld. Uh, I, I did enjoy Friends. I, I wasn't like a huge Friends fan, um, you know, when they had their reunion recently. Um, I, 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 I thought about it for like five seconds. Should I watch that? And the answer was like, nah, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, so I would say Seinfeld. You are a that- New Yorker through and through. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, last one. Statue of Liberty or Ellis Island? Which are you going to go visit? Oh, my goodness. Now, here's here's what's really shameful about me being a native New Yorker. Um, I've been uh, I've been to the Statue of Liberty as a, for a field trip in elementary school. I have not been back, and I've never been to Ellis Island. So um, I just made it to the Empire State Building for the first time three years ago. Uh, so part, part of New York is, I think, for the vast majority of native New Yorkers, uh, we don't do the tourist things. It's like, uh, but I've been thinking about going to Ellis Island for a while. So if I was to choose, I would say Ellis Island only because uh, I, I think I would, yeah, I, I think there's just more to see. I think I would enjoy it a lot more there. We're going to list off some um, pop culture things from history. We want you to tell us if they took place in New York or not New York. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. All right. The Muppets take Manhattan. Now, was it filmed in New York, you're saying? Or was it? No, no, no. Was it based? Was it was the basis of the show in New York? This was this is a softball. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. In New York. Correct. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. King Kong. In New York. Family Matters. Uh, not New York. You're right. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's in New York. Breakfast Club. Ooh, uh, not New York. The Brady Bunch. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say not New York. Correct. L.A. Superman. Uh, oh, New York. Mm-hmm. The Office. Not New York. Correct. West Side Story. New York. Yes. <laughs> Pastor Rich, you just got a 100 out of 100. You are so correct. This is great. This is great. And I, and I didn't know Family Matters was in Chicago, so I feel a lot of pride about that, too. Mm. I'm an, I'm a, Go ahead. Are you a sneaker guy, Pastor Rich? I am becoming a sneaker guy. My brother is a massive tattoo guy and he's a crazy sneaker guy. So he's been influencing me in all the wrong ways these days. So, uh, but I, I am becoming a sneaker guy. Eddie Winslow had the Jordan ones and Jordan twos. And I felt like we should discuss that. <laughs> I have two pairs of Jordan ones now, uh, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, so, and I'm actually starting to wear them at church, which uh, some people are happy about and some people are puzzled about, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get there. I love it. All right. Taking a hard right turn. I'm currently cooking through that Joanna Gaines cookbook right now. And I saw that y'all made some pancakes a while back. Oh yeah. Is that correct? Not, not just a while back last Saturday. What? Uh, yeah. How yeah. were they? And are you, are you guys like, I'm cooking through the entire cookbook. So what are some things I should be looking out for? I mean, apparently the, the pancakes. 
my wife has done some other stuff there. Uh, for me, I have just stuck with uh, the pancakes, mm -hmm. which uh, for us is a Saturday morning kind of deal where I'm able to, you know, take out all the ingredients and those pancakes are remarkable, remarkable. So uh, I'm so glad I found that. But yeah, that, that uh, she's made a bunch of other stuff there, but my go-to uh, recipe there are those fluffy pancakes. Love it. Do you have toppings, like specific toppings that y'all like on your pancakes? I, I'm usually throwing just blueberries, strawberries, bananas on there. Uh, th that That's about it. And they, I believe they're called like the, the best ever fluffy pancakes. I think that's what it's called, something like that. And All right. 100% accurate. <laughs> I want to hear some favorites, Pastor. Uh, who's your favorite athlete of all time? Oh, my goodness. Uh, favorite athlete of all time. This is a hard one to answer. So I'm, I'm just going to go with my uh, kind of like my my childhood hero, uh, which actually were two. It was, it was Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden uh, for the Mets. Uh, those two, only because baseball was my first love uh, and my earliest memories of sports uh, had to do with those two guys there. So I would say Dwight Gooden and or Daryl Strawberry. I really wish I were more into sports, y'all. Now I've got to go watch some ESPN or something. <laughs> uh, all right. Favorite burger topping? Oh, wow. Uh, burger topping. Oh, um, I mean, can't go wrong with bacon, right? Uh, so I, I'll, I'll just say bacon uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll stop with bacon because I can keep going here. <laughs> Favorite book. Favorite book. Oh my goodness! Uh, you're gonna give me a theme here, or is just just generally here? Any 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 book here? It, it, I mean, if someone says to you, "What's a book you love?" and you were to say, "Here it is," you could hand I mean, it to them. This we know the Bible. So uh, other than the Bible, yeah, and <laughs> a deeply formed I would life. Not say the Bible, besides the deeply formed life, which I mean, man, that's a good one. Um, I would I would say. Again, now I'm just going to answer based on my emotional just memory here. Um, I'm going to say Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen, um, which uh, is a, a book that was based on his own uh, meditation on on that, on, um, on who is it now, um, the artist now. Uh, it's, it's escaping me now, but Rembrandt's uh, depiction mm -hmm. of the uh, image there. So I would say Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nowen. Speaking of books, favorite character from the book slash film, Little Women? Oh, my. Um, I, I did like, um, what's the guy's name who he played? I mean, the, the main guy who played there. Laurie? Um, the Laurie. character Laurie. I love, mm -hmm. love Laurie. And I just love him. I forgot his name, but I just Timothy Shamla, is that his? Yeah, yeah I, I watched. He was just in uh, one of the King movies there. Uh, uh, King Henry, I believe it was. I watched mm. that with my wife recently, which was really intense. And he's going to be coming out in a Dune, uh, which I'm a big fan of the science fiction book Dune. So he's going to come out in that there. So uh, him and, you know, and the main um, actress there, I forgot her name. Uh, mm -hmm. 
those two were fantastic together. Definitely, definitely. Pastor Rich, we know you became a believer in 1999. Uh, Lydia has some worship lyrics from songs written after 1999. We want to see if you can identify the song. Okay. We we noticed that you, we know that you mentioned your your the area that you live and your church is so multicultural, and so we've translated these into a couple of different languages and then back into English. Okay. To see if you can guess what the song is. <clears throat> okay, the first one. I go back to the worship center, and it's all about you. Jesus is everything. Sorry for what I did, sir. When everything revolves around you, Jesus is everything. Okay, so what am I doing with all these? What is that song? Um, say that one more. I, 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 it's on the tip of my tongue. But say it one uh-huh, more time. Uh-huh. I go back to the worship center, and it's all about you, Jesus is everything. Sorry for what I did, sir. When everything revolves around you, Jesus is everything. Oh yeah. So it's all about you. Yeah. Is all it- about you, Jesus. Yeah. The heart, the heart of worship. Heart, I'm coming <laughs> back to the heart of worship. It's all, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I get any memories of 2002 in my Christian college, but keep going. Yes. Yes. Let us cry and sing to the Lord of all the world, power and dignity, praise the King mountains fold and sea roars at the sound of your name that sounds like a darling sheck song um but uh yes you got it okay okay hopefully this one's easy blessed in thy name bless your name blessed in thy name bless your glorious name mm. I'm trying to get the tune here. Say, say that one more time here. Blessed in thy name, bless your name. Blessed in thy name, bless your glorious name. <laughs> Is that a Matt Redmond song? Um, I think he may have sung it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, sir. You, okay. you, you're nailing these, these writers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last song lyric. You came from heaven to earth to show the way, pay my debt from the earth to the cross, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the heavens. Lord, I will raise your name. Oh, yeah, this is easy one. Uh, uh, this has to be Lord, I lift your name on high. Uh, yes. And and the reason is because we had all the, like you probably know, all the hand motions uh, and I remember leading our youth ministry uh, as a 19, 20 year old in early 2000, well, it was probably 2000. Uh, So we had all the hand motions down. So that's the easy one. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor, uh, you and Pastor Tim Keller are two of my favorite New Yorkers. Uh, And do you think you could beat Tim Keller in an arm wrestling match? Um, Now I, Tim and I uh, have been, I've done some things with Tim uh, in Manhattan, some speaking things. So I, I've seen how tall he is, way taller than I am. Um, I would say, you know what, um, if, if, I don't think he's left-handed. So I would say I would beat him if I was doing it left-handed. You're um, lefty. I'm lefty. So if my strong hand, if now, if he's a lefty, if he's a lefty, I think he's beating me. Uh, he has that Gandalf strength, I think. So, um, 
uh, I, I'd say he beat me. Pastor, this is just a question. I, I'm in as I listened to a lot of your sermons. I've read a deeply formed life, spent time with it. And you talk a lot about monastic tradition and about being alone and the importance of solitude. So lots of our relationships, uh, lots of mine come from a Baptistic tradition. So if you're going to offer baby steps to someone about interacting with the Lord in that way, um, what are some things that you would say? How would you, how would you coach them in that, tr- in that direction of, okay, spend, this isn't weird or, or super mystical. This is coach us. We would like for you to coach us. Yeah. yeah I, I give an analogy. Um, uh, and I think I used it in, in the book that says you could determine the level of familiarity you have with someone uh, on your ability to be silent with them. Uh, and so if I met a random stranger or uh, either both of you, you're fine, wonderful people here, but we just met each other. And if I said, hey, why don't you take a trip to New York and we're going to go on a six hour car ride, you know, to North Carolina, what have you. Um, it'd be really awkward for us to have long intervals of silence because we really don't know each other and we would feel lots of pressure to kind of keep the things moving. But if I'm traveling with my wife or with my brother or with a dear friend, we can have plenty of moments of silence because silence is often an indicator of familiarity and friendship and intimacy. Uh, Same way, prayer is the same way and solitude and silence is the same way. Uh, To be silent with God is an indicator of our familiarity with God. And much of prayer is way marked by way too much verbosity and talking. Uh, So I would begin there. And then I would say, secondly, um, that normalizing silence and normalizing boredom is part and parcel of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Because in the normalization of boredom, for example, and by that, I mean that prayer is often uneventful. Nothing's spectacular happening in the moment that we are often aware of. It's just communing with God and praying with praying to God. Uh, if we can normalize boredom and begin to live free from the idols of good feelings, I think we will find our lives deepened by God beyond just what we can feel because God is deeper than what we can feel. Thank you so much. That's, that's great. Um, Pastor Rich, let me just ask you this question. So we, you, you are very familiar with numerous pastors, different denominations, different backgrounds. Is there anyone that you would say, hey, this person will be great in the interview format that you guys are doing? We'd love to hear that from you. Mm. Uh, names of people who come to mind. Well, I, it has to be someone. Let me try to think about this because it has to be someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously. Uh, someone who can laugh at themselves and who can think quickly on their feet. Um, so, uh, I, I do, I, I mean, I, let me just think about, I have a dear friend named Glenn Packiam who is in New Life, Colorado. Glenn's a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, I think he would do well. Um, I, I just met a guy named Wynn Collier who wrote a book on Eugene Peterson, the biography of Eugene Peterson. Reading uh, that right now. Yeah. So I think Wynn, uh, would do a, a really great job with that. Um, gosh, who else comes to mind here? Um, let me, let me, let me, 
uh, I was gonna say Tim Keller, uh, but <laughs> but I, I don't know if if, if uh, Keller would do it. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, who who else? Uh, I'm just thinking now geographically here. Um, Daniel Strickland, who's at uh, the Meeting House in Canada, I think in Ontario. Uh -huh. I think she would do a great job with that. Um, is that Bruxy Cavey? Is that Bruxy's yeah. church? Bruxy would be great as well. Um, Greg Boyd would do great as well. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah, those, those, great. Are, those are a few names that come to mind. I love it. I love it. You have been fantastic. Thank you so much for just hanging out with us. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation. This was by far the most unique podcast interview I've ever done. You gotta grab, yeah, and then you go. That's right, because it's the name of this segment, the grab and go. Lydia, I love that interview. My favorite part is when you went to Google, you translated words into another language and then brought them back to the literal English. Everything about that was fantastic. That was a good time. <laughs> and he knew them. That was really great. Oh, he was really good. Really, uh, he, I, I guess, you know, recognize that. I love hearing about Rich's church. I love the phrase that he mentions in the middle of it where he said that for a New Yorker, you really don't get very far from your house. I mean, you live in Nashville. That's just not true of you. That's not true of your life, right? No. Yeah, it's so different. And I think just the way that he loves on his community and loves the people as Jesus loves the church is just a beautiful thing to see him interacting with the different cultures and the different nations that are there in New York. Like, it's really cool to see him in his ministry. And he's a fantastic pastor and preacher. If you get a chance, make sure you check out New Life. Listen to some of Rich's sermons. Well, one passage that came to mind for me is what we find in Acts chapter 17. If you're unfamiliar with that chapter of the Bible, Paul is in the city of Athens, and he's noticed the various idols that are there. It's a very diverse world that he lived in. And it says this about Paul. Paul says this about his experience there. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they would inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and we move and we have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. As you listen to Rich, you hear his love for New York, his desire to see people from various backgrounds come to know the person of Jesus, place their faith in him. And I'm incredibly encouraged that that's taking place and thankful that he would choose to spend this time with us. Yeah, it was so great. And I'm again, go find Rich and follow him on all the socials and see what he's up to. Really incredible stuff. Lydia, speaking of said socials, can you tell the good folks where they can stay in touch with us? Yeah, we are at Hold On Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, at Hold On Pod on Facebook. We also have our Facebook group where we're asking a lot of the same questions we asked Rich this week. So make sure you come check us out there. 
Thanks so much to Megan's Mickey Dream Vacations, Alabama Sweet Tea Company, and 52 Threads for their support of this podcast. We look forward to seeing you guys later.